Amen. Praise God. Exodus 34 and 27. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write thou these words. For after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with thee and with Israel. And he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. Let me tell you, if you don't drink water for 40 days, you're dead unless God's with you. Amen. He was with the Lord. And he wrote upon the tables the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not or he knew not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone or it was shining. And they were afraid to come nigh him. Amen. After coming down the mountain, his face was lit up. Amen. After coming out of a prayer meeting, his face had a, a glow to it. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. I, I want to preach a little while from this title. Just pray until you have that glow. When can you stop praying? When you get that Holy Ghost glow on you. I know it's all going to be all right. Come on, why don't you... I want somebody just praise God for a little bit right now. I want you to entertain the presence of the Lord for just a moment. Come on, why don't you ask God to come into your situation? Come on, why don't you fervently pray for a few moments? I need you, God. I need you to help me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, cry unto him with all your heart for a few moments. Come on now, in a way of worship, why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah, you can be seated. Amen. Tentatively, we are going to have a 10-year anniversary service on August the 27th, and it will be Bishop Holmes coming to preach. And we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost. I was just wondering who here was at our first service at Westinghouse when... We came. If you was there, raise your hand. Praise God. Look at all them hands. Amen. Like five of them. Praise the Lord. God's good to us, ain't he? I mean, you know what got us from there to here? You know what got us from the first building to the second building, getting ready to move into the third building? It was a whole lot of praying. We didn't have a special singer come and teach us all the beautiful parts and how to sound just right and a preacher that knew how to preach like a canary and tell all the beautiful stories. We just walked into the basement of a house and said, why don't we just pray about it and see what God will do? <laughs> Hallelujah, this prayer has been good to this church. Amen. I love to get better. I love for things to be organized. I love, you know, stuff. Amen. But don't let it get so impressive to people. Amen. We get so busy doing music practice, we ain't got prayer practice time. We get so busy gossiping, we ain't got time for prayer meeting. Uh, hey, don't let us get so busy fixing our hair in the mirror. Uh, that we ain't got time to come pray. Uh, prayer's what got us here. Prayer's what'll carry us on. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to tell you that the presence of God changes people. Hallelujah. I said the presence of God changes people. The touch of God changes people. Some people think it's redundant and they, they want you to come up with a new message, but I don't have a new message. 
Amen. I'll never get tired of hearing about it. I'll never get tired of telling about it. Amen. If you get a Holy Ghost breakthrough in prayer, there's no telling what God could do. You walked in broke. If you get a Holy Ghost breakthrough in prayer, you could get your whole situation turned around before you walked out that door. That's why I'm always sometimes uh, persuasive, sometimes compelling, sometimes passionate. But I want everybody to get a Holy Ghost breakthrough. You know why I want you to get one? Because you're going to change. You keep touching God, something's going to change in you. Somebody was telling me about a problem they had. and They couldn't quit a habit. And they said, I don't know. I just I feel like I can't even go to church because I can't quit this habit. And I began to tell him about a man named Ray McPherson who had a smoking problem. Uh, and he told my pastor, I just, uh, I just, I guess I'll quit church because I, I mean, I, I prayed through, I spoke in tongues, but I can't quit smoking. Uh, and my pastor said, don't worry about it. You just walk through them doors every time the doors are open. Uh, you just come on through and just get you another touch of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Come on, some people got too much quit in them uh, and not enough determination in them. Uh, hey, there's some things you're going to have to fight your way through. Ray McPherson went to church for many years and his clothes smelled like a cigarette. As a boy, I'd walk by him and I could detect the cigarette smell because nobody else smelled like that. But he just kept on going to church. And exactly seven years later, he walked in one day and lifted up his hands and something miraculous happened. And he said, something changed my taste buds and I never smoked another cigarette. But you got to get the quit out of you. And you got to keep going forward. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. My Lord, if we waited until we were perfect, there would be nobody in this church tonight. There wouldn't be a pastor in this church. There wouldn't be a musician. There wouldn't be an usher in this church uh, if we waited till we were perfect. Uh, but you got to just make up your mind. If I can go up on the mountain one more time, uh, I'm going to be changed. Come on, let's love him right now. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I wish some new people, amen, would look around at some people who's been here for quite some time and you think, man, they really, they're living the good life. Let me tell you, they struggled. They fought devils. They're probably still fighting devils. You know why I know? Because they still got a flesh and they still got a human mind and they still got an imagination and they still got a flesh, a nature of sin. And when they wake up, they got to fight it just like you got to fight it. But if you will fight it, you will win. Well, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, humanity is always thinking that their problems is the rest of humanity. We have problems. We, we say it's because it's that other person. Humanity always blames humanity for their problems. Let me tell you what the real problem is. It's a lack of God in your life. 
It's usually a lack of prayer in your life. It's a lack of time on the mountain with God in your life. Because when you get up on the mountain, honey, and you come down, you're going to be different. Come on, I'm preaching to you. You want something to change in your life? Come on up on the mountain with us a while. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Can't imagine trying to live for God and never have spent any time on the mountain with God. You're talking about a hard life. Trying to live for God without ever going up on the mountain with God. You're going to hate everybody. You're going to be miserable. You're going to blame people. You're going to wake up on the wrong side of the bed every time you wake up. You're going to have to take drugs to go to sleep and drugs to wake up and drugs to live all day long. But when you go up on the mountain, when you set your time, I'm going up on the mountain today. I got to touch him today. He's going to turn it around late in the midnight hour. I went up on the... Hallelujah. While Moses is on the mountain with God in Exodus 32, the people of Israel are building a golden calf and worshiping it. While he's on the mountain, they're down in the valley building them an idol and committing lewd acts with each other. The people have seen mighty acts of God, but they never comprehended the ways of God. I'm going to preach you a little while. I don't care how much you've seen God do. Have you been up on the mountain with him? Come on. Well, we seen a miracle the other night. Uh, Did you get a breakthrough though? We seen God cast the devil out of somebody. Well, did you get a breakthrough? Come on. Come on, it does no good to be an eyewitness of miracles uh, if you don't get a place in your heart and you understand the ways of God. The eyewitnesses that watched the Red Sea roll back on this side and this side. Eyewitnesses and they watched Pharaoh Get flipped upside down in his chariot. Everybody say eyewitnesses. A few days later, they got a grafting tool and they're taking all their earrings and their jewelry and putting in a pile and burning it up and making them a golden calf and saying, This is what brought us up out of Egypt. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this way. Hey. If all that your religious hopes is is to see signs and wonders, you're going to miss the important part. Thank God for every miracle that's happened. If if you've received a miracle in this church, I want you to lift your hands. Look at all these miracles. He loves to do miracles in this building. But let me know, have you had a breakthrough in this building? Come on. I don't know about it. Let me tell you. Jesus walked around doing miracles all day long. He'd walk into some cities and heal every one of them. Feeding thousands at a time. Amen. Healing blinded eyes, unstopping deaf ears, and 
People that were never able to speak, all of a sudden they could speak. I'm telling you, God did a lot of miracles and there was a lot of eyewitnesses. But when it came down to the cross, all them people that were eyewitnesses, somehow they backed up. Praise God. My Lord, I'd rather have an experience with God than to watch somebody else get a miracle. Come on. I'd rather get a Holy Ghost breakthrough than my ankle quit hurting right now. I'd rather get drunk in the Holy Ghost than God put another dollar in my pocket. Come on, I don't want to be an eyewitness and not know him. I want to know him. Tell you the danger of not knowing the ways of God is is that the first opportunity that comes along you'll be worshiping something else. If you don't get the ways in the word of God deep down in you, when you get sucked into the gossip crowd, you'll start doing it too. You, you ain't got to say anything. I prayed most of the day. When I wasn't praying, I was reading or typing. God, let, let us get a deep relationship with you. I mean, what a sad story these people are that, that, that built a golden calf after God had done already so much for them. Brought them out of Egypt. Got that whip off their back. And then to turn around to a dumb idol. My Lord, let us know you, God. Let us know you in the power of the Holy Ghost. I know the Bible refers to his people as sheep. One of the reasons is that we need a shepherd. Amen. Sheep need a shepherd. But it's also because we have what I would call as a herd mentality. Well, hallelujah. It's not always bad when we're provoking one another to love and good works. That's an instance of a good herd mentality. But when Aaron starts grafting a golden idol and you start worshiping around it, because that's what everybody else in Pentecost is doing. You need to get rid of the herd mentality. Uh, and you say, if everybody in the world goes backwards, uh, I'm still going forward. Uh, if everybody turns around, uh, I'm still on my way to heaven. Come on, I want to preach to you. Man, you better get this word of God inside of you. You better get it so deep inside of you that nothing, no devil in hell could make you turn around. Thank the Lord for religious freedom. Thank the Lord we can assemble together tonight. But there may come a night when we can't do that anymore. And you better have it down deep in your soul. Hey, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Bible said, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. You know what? It ought to ring a bell when everybody starts doing something. And you feel questioned about it. I don't care. Well, I just don't know that God would be upset about that. Uh, I mean, my Lord, everybody in the world does it. Uh, amen. Have you ever read this book? said, broad is the way. It's a big old highway uh, that leads to destruction. Uh, but let me tell you what the highway looks like that leads to heaven. Uh, it's a narrow way. Uh, it's a straight way. Uh, and there's only going to be a few that's got a made up mind. I'm going to find it. 
Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, let's love Jesus right now. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. It's time to get a hold of Jesus and not just be a spectator of his miracles. Some people come to church because they like the feel of the sound of the music. They like the beat. Some people come to church because they got friends there. Some people come because they, they, they like wild preaching, I guess. I don't know. And people got all different kinds of reasons. Let me tell you why you better be coming to church. You better be coming because you love the Word of God. And you want to make sure it gets written in, the, in your heart. Uh, amen. You want God to scribe it into your heart. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, children of God. Come on, children of God. Let's get strong in truth. Let's get strong in prayer. Amen. When everybody's backing up on prayer, let's go more fervent into prayer. Elder Brother Adams and his wife came Monday night just to pray with us. And he said, I want to come pray because it's hard to find a place where you can be in a good prayer meeting. Oh, let this be a lighthouse to a lost and dying world that there is a house of prayer that's still standing. There's still a house of prayer where you can lift up your voice and cry out to Jesus. It's all right to travail in the Holy Ghost. It's all right to stomp the devil if you want to. It's all right to feel the liberty. Hallelujah. So, we are in a very strange position. Because we are in the world. But we are not of this world. So that puts us in a predicament sometimes. We have to mingle in this world. We have to buy our milk, I guess, from this world. Most people do. We have to do business in this world. We got to work. We got to shop. We got to dwell in this world around people. We're right across the street from Magic Springs in the summertime. The concert series is so loud over there. Amen. It made me mad one day. It was a Sunday afternoon and it was boom, 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 boom. And I come in here and I begin to pray, God, give me a word to preach to your church tonight. And the whole time I was trying to cover my ears so I didn't hear that a bass line just wah, wah, wah. and I felt the Lord speak to me you tell the people huh? they need to get louder than the voice that's in their ear get tired of the devil talking to you just get louder than he is get tired of the voice of the enemy just shout louder than he's shouting at. Come on, come on. Puts us in a very strange situation. Amen. We're among people that are doing strange things. We're among people that have accepted very strange things. We live in neighborhoods where people Believe a lot of crazy stuff. 
I always thought I'm in the Bible Belt and we all love Jesus here. I feel sorry for all the people in California. And one day we, we got in the church bus on a Saturday afternoon and I felt it in the Holy Ghost. I said, let's go to the little trailer park behind me, Pablito, on Airport Road. I, th- I just felt God wanted me to knock on a door there. And I began to knock on doors and several people did. I knocked on one door and she said, I, 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 I worship the Norse something. Like Greek mythology. I said, well, let me tell you about Jesus. She said, I don't want to hear it. I don't believe what you believe. She shut the door. The next one, I knocked on the door and they said, I, I worship the devil. Just keep on going. Can I tell you about Jesus? They said, I don't want to hear it. Go to the next one. I knocked on the door and this one said, I worship Thor. I said, who's that? I couldn't afford Bible college. I was born in an apostolic church and that's about all I know. He said, well, you know, it's, a, it's a, you know, he, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I said, can I tell you about Jesus? This was in one little trailer park. He said, no, I'm not interested. We're living around a bunch of weird people. We're living in a, in a place, in a time, could I say a time, where they've accepted everything that goes against this word of God. We're living in a time where the people that you're neighbors with, uh, they're walking around the golden calf and they're worshiping it. Uh, but we better get it down deep in our spirit. Uh, amen. We're going to worship Jesus. Uh, I'm going to go up on the mountain when it's time for me to go to church. Uh, I'm going to find that power. So Moses comes down from the mountain again in the 32nd chapter and he hears and he sees this indecent party that's going on. The interesting thing to me is that Moses' flesh, just like all them people down there having the party, are flesh. Matter of fact, his siblings are at the party. Matter of fact, his siblings are throwing the party. Moses doesn't join the party. Why? How? Why? How? Does the man Moses not join that party? It's really simple. He'd been up there on that mountain. And he found something a whole lot better. And then a rave around a golden calf. He found what the ancients were looking for. He found joy unspeakable and full of glory. Jeremiah described it like this. It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. Pastor, how am I going to live for God in this era? How am I going to raise kids in this era? I know how. We're going to take them up on the mountain. And we're going to let them talk to Jesus. Come on. Come on, let's praise him right now. Raise up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart. What is the Bible saying? If you'll take them up on the mountain uh, till they see the light, my friend, uh, till they find something real. Uh, when they go honky-tonking, they go say, this ain't as good as what's going on down there. Come on. It was a lady came out of rehab. I invited her to church. And she said, I love Jesus. 
And I said, well, I love Jesus too. And she said this, and I never forgot it, and I repeat it all the time. I never. She tried everything there was in the world. She looked at me, and she said, I want to tell you something. There ain't no high like the most high. She done spoke in tongues and felt the Holy Ghost. She done made a comparison. Hey, there ain't nothing like getting up on that mountain with God. Amen. What we got to do, we got to get them on the mountain. We can't let them play with iPads while we're going up the mountain. We can't let them play with iPhones while we're going up on the mountain. The devil's after them. Hey, we need to take them with us. Hey, I, I feel it in the Holy Ghost. We're raising up some young people that know how to touch God. I said they know how to touch God. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Think about the devil trying to entice a young person that's got a prayer life. <laughs> that comes off the mountain every day. Here, why don't you smoke a cigarette? No, <laughs> you're ignorant. I've been up on the mountain with Jesus. Come on, young people. I'm preaching to you right now. What you're feeling in your spirit, the devil can never duplicate. There's nothing in this world that would ever make them happy. It's all in him. Hallelujah. I got got to get started. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reason Moses doesn't join the party, the party made him mad. Made him mad. He started throwing stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? Sin ought to fire you up. You shouldn't sit there and pet it. And, well, it's just, just let them sow their wild oats. And, and then they'll, you know. I realize there's a point in time you, you can't manhandle people. And I can tell you about some angels, though. <laughs> tell you what happens when people start praying red hot prayers uh, and God starts dispatching angels uh, and snatching them out of Sodom. Uh. Come on. Come on, Lot didn't come because he wanted to. He came because Abraham said, will you please go get him and pull him out? Somebody needs to pray some prayers right now. God, it looks like they don't even want to come. It looks like they don't even want to leave Sodom. But go get them and yank them out. Come on, you believe you got the power to do that? Man, listen to this. You need to spend time with God just to make sure you don't end up in the wrong crowd. Well, that's like Solomon right there. Praise God. If you pray, you will not end up in the wrong crowd. If you... Tell you, you experience the Shekinah glory of God. And you even rub next to the wrong crowd. It's going to make you feel nasty. 
You start rubbing around in the Shekinah glory. You may not nobody in, know nobody in the church, but there'll be certain people give you a bad vibe. And there'll be certain people you're attracted to. You got like spirits. I'm telling you a great reason to go up on the mountain every day is so you don't get sucked in to something you don't want to be. Hallelujah. So he, Exodus 34, he goes up again and he gets new tablets this time because he threw the other ones down because he was so mad about the party. He goes up on the mountain 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. No food, no water. Science will tell you after three days with no water, your organs begin to shut down. Just seven days, you're dead. But God, <laughs> hallelujah, amen. With God, we can do all things. Amen, what it seems impossible. I've heard a lot of people say, well, I, I, I could never shout like that. If you go up there, you will. <laughs> Well, that's not my personality. I realize that. But when you go up there, you're going to move, my friend. Something's going to happen to you. Hallelujah. So when he comes down from off the mountain, can you imagine? 40 day fast. No food, no water. You're just hanging out with God. No text. No calls. No spam calls. No Instagram. No Facebook. You can't even hear gossip from there. Can you imagine what it would feel like being on the mountain 40 days? With the pure power of God. <laughs> I'll tell you something. When you start hanging around in the presence of God, it's going to change you. So when he comes down, begins to come down off the mountain, his face, he don't even realize it, but it's literally shining. His face is glowing. And it's so strange to people that have never seen somebody that was close to God <laughs> that it creeps them out. <laughs> Praise God. So some people get creeped out walking in this church. And then the Spirit of God begins to flow through people. People begin to speak in tongues and shout. And if people have never seen somebody connected with God, it kind of goes... <laughs> If you're used to worshiping Baal and you walk in and people are touching the real God. Never quite seen anything like this. No, what are y'all doing? Why is everybody getting loud all of a sudden? Uh, why is everybody standing up all of a sudden? Surely when people start running. Is the house on fire? Yeah, it's on fire. Can't you see it? Hallelujah. He walks down off the mountain and he, I don't know exactly what it looked like, but I thought that was a pretty cool picture. His face somehow was shining and it wasn't just like, He'd put some mascara or something on. They wouldn't have been scared if, you know, he would have just got his TV face, his Joel Osteen face on. It wasn't that kind of shine. It was a shine that scared normal people. I want to tell you something. People that get into the presence of God literally look different 
than other people. Praise God. I think what got me stirred up last night, we had a Bible study for a few new people, and I had called uh, Brother Robbie's mom, and I said, I want you to be here tonight. And she said, okay, well, I'm going to come. I'm going to be there. And, uh, and we started talking about her son for a little bit, and I said, well, if somebody, if you didn't know whether there was a God or not, all you'd have to do is look at your own son and you would know. <laughs> There's something real, God. <laughs> you know, You know how mamas are. They, they're, they're proud of their boys. Even Johnny Cash's mama was proud of him, I think. And she said, you know what? My boy has a glow like I've never seen before. She said, I can't explain what it is, but I raised him. and I, I made him. <laughs> And he's got some kind of glow on him. I said, let me tell you what it is. When he gets off work, he gets underneath that back pew every day. Uh, and he gets in the presence of God. Uh, and when he comes out, he don't look like he did. Uh, man, I... I'm really close to being done. I don't want to tell you something. There is a literal glow from the presence of God that gets on people and it makes their countenance different. It makes them look different. Now, I don't want to scare people, but I want to tell you the truth. When you walk through those doors, when I see you, I don't know if it's a special gift or maybe everybody sees everybody the same. I don't know. I've never asked anybody this. But I can look at somebody and I can tell whether they've been praying or not. They either got the glow of the Holy Ghost or they're locked up. You may not know it, but everybody in the church, maybe not everybody, but I sure can. And I can watch somebody that's locked up. If I can just get them to touch God. Come on. Well, I don't want nobody praying for me. Well, if you don't, just sign your name somewhere and we'll read it and we won't ever bother you again. But when I pray for somebody, it's not because I want to rub on your blessing. Uh, it's because I seen you when you walked through that door. Uh, and you didn't have the glow you had last Sunday. Uh, and I want to make sure uh, before you leave this building, uh, you got the glow again. Uh. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. God, put it on us. Put it on us. The Bible speaking to his people, to the church of the living God said, ye are the light. Could I say it like this? You are supposed to be the light of the world. 
a city that's set up on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it over. Come on, church, as a reason, you need to pray until you got the glow of the Holy Ghost because you are God's ambassador to our world. Telling you, we're not doing our job in this world if we're walking around with no light. People you meet in Walmart ought to say, there's something about you. It ain't my white shirt because the banker's got a white shirt on. It ain't the jail in my hair. Because Elvis had jail in his hair. It ain't your dress. Because <laughs> the Amish are riding in their buggies. And nobody said, oh boy, I'd like to be that. But when you get a Holy Ghost apostolic fired up, Jesus name baptized. Somebody that's been up on the mountain with God. And they're walking through town. Hey, where where are you from? It's God. People didn't even know it. We ran a 5K right downtown. We all had on light blue shirts. Long sleeve. Long pants. Long skirts. You know what, people, we were supposed to be running a 5K and people kept stopping and giving people church cards. We're not here to be athletes, we're here to win the loss. We were touching the world and people were looking. I'm telling you, it wasn't your blue shirt. Thank you, Sister Brooks, for ordering those pretty blue shirts. She did a great job organizing. Raised almost $5,000 for the building fund. You know what's more powerful than that was that guy that was sitting on that rock right before we got across the bridge on the second side. We handed a church card. Was it you? Went back and handed him a church car, and that guy said, I'm going to be there. You know what I got a feeling? He was seeing the shine. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, and they don't know me from Adam. I could eat in a restaurant. And Whatever people say, are you a Pentecostal preacher? I look just like my banker does. I dress just like Joel Osteen, I think, except my shoes probably ain't as expensive. My belt was from Atwoods. But other than that, we can probably pretty similar. They say, are you a Pentecostal preacher? I, I used to, I used to go to Pentecost Church. What, what, what is that? I'll tell you what it is. They recognize somebody that's been up on the mountain. I, I, I want to preach. What time is it? 8.47. I'm two minutes late. Give me 90 more seconds. And then nine more minutes. Who knows? Praise God. You know what? I, I, this is what I want. I want everybody in this church to get committed to going up on the mountain every day. Hey Amen. I know some people live a long ways off and you can't come to this building. I'd love for you too. And there's a lot of people that could and ain't. But there's a lot of people that live a long ways off and you can't understand that. But there's mountains everywhere. There's closets everywhere. Hey Amen. There's beds you can crawl under. Hey Amen. There's, there's couches you can lay on. Hey Amen. 
If you want to get along with God, you can get along with God. You know. I want to challenge people. Besides all the benefits. You know, if you go up on the mountain, you come down and they're having a rave, you ain't going to join it. If you're praying, you ain't going to be sinning. If you're speaking in tongues, you ain't going to be smoking a cigarette. Because you can't do both at the same time. If you're praying, you're going to throw the nicotine out the window because you're too busy talking to God. When you're up on the mountain, there's a lot of benefits to being on the mountain. For you, for your children, being up on the mountain, you could put a hedge around your babies. You could go up... (laughs) You could go up on the mountain and talk to God and he send angels to where somebody is and yank them up out of there. You could go up on the mountain with a disease and you could come down. Well, you can take a request up on the mountain. Your spouse ain't got the Holy Ghost. You could go up on the mountain. You could talk to God. God could shake them up right there. If your children are living in the world, don't, don't, don't get down. Get up. If they're doing things they shouldn't do, just go up on the mountain again. You watch God get a hold of them. Uh, Hey. So many. So many advantages. Besides your own health. Your own well-being. And you you being able to sleep at night. And not live in fear. And not live in torment. You know where that comes from? It comes from going up on the mountain. When you've been in the presence of God... A dumb little spirit ain't going to scare you. The devil ain't going to talk you into eating the fruit you ain't supposed to eat when you've been up on the mountain. Amen. When you've been up on the mountain and you've seen how big God is, you won't have to worry about having pride in your heart anymore. You won't have to worry about being exalted when you get up there and you see the thunder and the lightning and the fire and you realize how little you are. So many... So many, so many things, advantages to every day going up on the mountain. Hallelujah. Protection for you. Protection for your family. Amen. The greatest one to me is, is that the effect you will have on the people around you. There's something different about people that spend time up on the mountain with God. You know, I know a lot of people pray sleepy prayers, and I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to, because I grew up in this. But I'm telling you, the people that really caught my attention when I was a boy was the ones that had that glow. Not the ones that were mad because their wife wanted them to come to church. Or their husband wanted them to come. Or their mom made them come. And I'm talking about the ones that got up on the mountain. They impacted me so much. There was a lady named Agnes Holmes. My pastor's mother has gone on to be with the Lord. There was something about that lady that you could look at her. And I knew she was a human being because she had kids. There was something out of this world about talking to her. You could take her by the hand. It didn't take her 45 minutes to touch God for you. Because she had already been up on the mountain. (laughs) 
She'd sit there in that recliner. Her son had sent me down here to get this church going. I'm telling you, if you ain't ever done something like that, don't do it. So anyway, it's just like I, I didn't know really what, I mean, it's just like overwhelming. I'd go up there to where she was, and I'd take her by the hand, and I'd say, Sister Holmes, give me a word. And she'd go, whoa. Thus saith the Lord, it's going to work. It worked, my friend. I'm going to tell you something. It ain't just for you. It's, It's a wonderful, oh Lord, I said 90 seconds, five minutes ago. It's a wonderful feeling. I I can tell you, I love to pray. I love to cry. I love to shout. But there is a depth, or I'm going to say there is a height that you can get to, to where you forget about everything around you. And it's called On the Mountain. And it's on the mountain that God handed him the word, the tablet. i tell you, when you get on the mountain, you're going to get something from God. Hey. Hey. Answer this question for me. Do you think it was a great experience for Moses to go up on the mountain? Of course it was. What a great feeling. I want to go there tonight. I want to go there in just a minute when somebody, somebody come to music and act like I'm fixing to quit. It's a great feeling to be up there. But who is it more impactful for? Moses? Or the billions of people since that time that have opened up this book what Moses brought down off the mountain with him come on you're saying well I'm too tired I can't I ain't got the energy I used to have I guarantee you ain't older than he was if you get hungry I'll bring you crackers What he brought down changed humanity. I want to tell you, if you think it's all about you getting a blessing, you missed the big picture. It's a great feeling. I, I agree with you. As a matter of fact, there ain't a better one. Being right there in the Chicago. But the beautiful part is what you get to carry with you. What you get to carry home with you. Give to the next generation. People in here, you're one deep or one high prayer meeting away from changing your family tree. I'm done. Anybody got your climbing shoes on? children you need to be on the mountain right now 
generations to come could be affected. Show me your power. Come on, this is the legacy I want to leave. <laughs> I brought the power down. I showed the next generation. I want your glory. Come on, you need to pray until your face begins to shine. I need your glory. Oh, reach. 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 Reach.